guys, I'm Heather, and I'm the oldest. She's the emotional one. Is it Bruce Dickinson? <laughs> Man, why the... Why, I mean, like, you haven't even read the list. You're like, Heather. <sighs> hey, guys, I'm Ben. I'm the middle child. And he's the practical one. What I, what I need you to understand <laughs> is that you have lost all credibility when we get to the cutting stage. Why? Kenny Chesney was your second pick. I'm Beth, and I'm the baby. She's also the swing vote. My picks are great. And and if you don't believe it, just ask me. I won't argue with you because I'm mature. Together, we make the Music List Podcast. And we welcome you back to this Christmas edition of the Music List Podcast. My name is Ben. With me are my sisters Beth and Heather and... We are siblings that argue while making music lists. That's the shtick. That's what we do. But today we bring you tidings of great joy. (laughs) Which shall be to all people. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's Christmas time. It's it's a wonderful Christmas time, which was a bit of a point of contention (laughs) in the last episode. But uh, we've got one more Christmas episode in store, and this one is... We have done so many that have really been pretty heavy on the secular, but today we're going to do our favorite Christmas carol, so this one will be heavy on the sacred. So um, we're taking our... (laughs) Well, we'll we'll get to it. Hold on. (laughs) Do you have one that's not religious? No, it's not that. You'll understand in a minute. Okay. Um, I learned some things. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> okay. All right. Interesting. Um, so we're, we're going to do our favorite Christmas carols, which means quite possibly, I would have to go back and look, but we may have several selections that will be our oldest selections of all time. Oh, I guess That's probably it. true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, because, I mean, we're usually... Now, the, the versions that we choose, obviously, I mean, they will have been recorded, you know, and that's not technology that dates back to the 1800s or whatever, but a lot of these <laughs> carols may date back to centuries past, right? Um, so, could be could be a lot of firsts in this one, but um, now I'm really interested to know... so. I guess, you know, normally this is the stage where we talk about what our criteria was. I, I would love for Heather to go first because I feel like she's going to tell me something that I wasn't expecting. Well, yes, because there's some things. Okay, my process, just when I do this whole thing, is, I you know, there's the category. And then I make my list uh, just off the top of my head. And I, you know, I I come up with the songs, you know, obviously the, the first one that comes to me is usually my number one, but sometimes I find another one that goes in front of it. And then I, we um, find out, you know, which ones we're going to draft, decide which ones we're going to draft. And then I do my research of the, you know, because I don't want to research, you know, 50 million songs, right? So... I thought that one of my songs, the subject matter was one thing, and I found out that it was 
something quite different, and it it I'm I'm shook. <laughs> I shooketh. <clears throat> yeah, we'll get to it because it's one oh. of my drafted songs. Oh, okay. I went ahead and kept it because that you know it was. You know, but it doesn't mean what you thought it meant. It does not. And I'll have to explain it when we get to okay. it. Well, I'm, but, I'm really. Yeah. Man. It, mess, it, it messed with my head a little bit. Okay. Okay. Well, Beth? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all my songs are exactly what I thought they were. <laughs> um, I used to... Um, Mom and dad would tell me to go to bed at a certain time, and I didn't want to. And so I would go to my bedroom, but I would stay up. And so one thing that I had was like a book of Christmas carols. And I would sit up and like sing them to myself. And it had like all the verses of them all. So it was like a kid's book, but it had, you know, like all five verses of whatever thing. And so I know a lot of verses of a lot of Christmas songs that a lot of people normally don't. So I was not surprised at <laughs> at uh, some other things that may have come out in this episode. But um, so I know these songs that I have picked very, very well. The deep, the deep verses that a lot of people, maybe like four and five that people don't know. Um, so as much as I, I don't want to say I don't like Christmas. I do like Christmas. But as much as we say like, oh, we're, you know, Heather and I really like Halloween and we all do the Halloween. Like I know a lot of Christmas songs and I know a lot of Christmas carols. Um but the ones that I picked are, for me, lyrically is the most important, not necessarily what it sounds like. Um, now, my first one is kind of moody, but um, my number one pick, my favorite carol ever. But um, for me, Christmas carols, I prioritized on this list ones that, you know, because we touched on last time, we are Christians. And so for me... I find, or I have over the last few years as an adult really found more, um, I guess, enjoyment in Christmas in connecting it to the whole story of the reason that we have Christmas, right? We have Christmas so that we can have Easter. And so I really like songs that also address that, that talk about Jesus as Savior, not just as a baby. Um, So that's kind of something that I... Prioritized, I guess. And, you know, I sit here and talk about how we were going to, it was going to be a very, I guess, probably sacred-centric episode. Mm-hmm. And Heather made me think maybe maybe there may be an option or something along the lines that may change that. But researching this, I, I guess I just fundamentally put carols in the sacred box. Mm-hmm. But then come to find out, that's not necessarily what a, what a carol... Like, Carol of the Bells is a carol. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily sacred. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, there may be... There may be songs that would be considered to be carols that are not necessarily in the sacred realm, so to speak. I think Carol of the Bells is still sacred, isn't it? <clears throat> I don't... I'm, I'm, think, I'm trying to think... I, does it reference? I'm trying. 
tell all the world. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess so. I guess it's just it. Well, it's it's not uh, theologically rich. Yeah, <laughs> right, 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 right. yeah. But one of the things I like about most of the, I always associated the carols with what we sing in church mm-hmm. the month of December. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's really. The reason that I like Christmas carols are the same reason I like the old hymn book. Now, a lot of churches don't do the hymn book anymore. But what I like about hymns are the richness of the scripture that mm-hmm. is often embedded in the, the hymns. And there may, some of the carols have scripture embedded in them also, but they all have... Almost to a T. They've they've all got some scriptural elements embedded in it. Maybe not mm-hmm. word for word. Like some hymns are like taken taken straight out of Psalms or mm-hmm. taken straight out of you know yeah the Book right. of Mark or something. Well, but, a hymn is is not when it was released. A hymn hymn is it's meter, it's and it's rhythm and rhyme scheme. So there are hymns that somebody could write a hymn te- te- technically. Today, yeah, like you, sure. yeah, but like, but it seems like you're thinking him is like what was in the blue book when we grew up. I just want to make, I just want to, I guess, think about, I don't know. Well, uh, when I'm talking about, you know, hymns at church, whether they're written today or, I mean, or not, but they are have typically they're typically scripturally rich as a general rule. Compared to like a lot of praise songs mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I right. mean, like they'll, they've got five different verses or four different verses or whatever. And like they will oftentimes take verbatim <laughs> several lines of scripture and put them into the, into the song. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of these Christmas carols do a really good job of the setting of the birth of Christ. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of them, there's, there's a lot of setting elements that they take directly from the Gospels and include them into the song. And I, I think that's, that's really cool. I mean, because just, just the way that they, you know, as a storyteller, whether, you know, I like, I like, to, I like to read and write stories. And what, what a lot of people fail to do is provide the setting, an adequate setting that you can't visualize it a lot of these carols, these Christmas carols, do an excellent job of giving the listener or the singer a good visual of what was going on in Bethlehem. Um, so I, 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 really, I really appreciate stuff like that. So we can get started with the draft. The draft order is Beth, Heather, me, and then in the second round, I'll draft first, Beth will draft last, and then in the third round, Beth will draft first, then Heather, then me. So, Beth, you get the first overall pick in our favorite Christmas Carol episode. All right. Uh, my first pick and my favorite Christmas Carol is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And this version is uh, by Corey and Stephanie Epps. They're our friends. Um, so you can listen to their album on Spotify. They're very talented. It's called Love Has Come to Save is the album name. 
1847. It premiered uh, by in 1847 by opera singer Emily Laurie, which that should tell you something if the premiere of it is having to be done by an <laughs> opera singer. Um, it was adapted into English in 1855, and um, so we're going to play a little bit of it. This is Sandy Patty with the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. to this huge crescendo and like most people don't want to hear it unless they even get that money note at the end you know that that big climax um there are several versions um lots of covers uh i i actually do like uh, mariah carey did a version that's more of a gospel feel and when she goes for that note she yeah. jumps up into her whistle tones and it's you know so, so there are a lot of things that you can do with it. I respect what it takes to perform it um, well. And so, um, you know, I just respect the music, the musical aspects of it. Um, in uh, 1855, when it was ad- um, adapted into English, it became popular in the North United States with abolitionists because one of the verses says, um, truly, he taught us to love one another. His law is love, and his gospel is peace. Change shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppressions shall cease. Mm-hmm. So um, it, we um, American abolitionists really grasped onto that. Um, here's a fun, not really a fun fact, but it, hmm. it's, time <laughs> it's time for a semi-fun fact, semi-fun fact. <laughs> okay, so... <Ooh>. <laughs> Uh, so Placide Capot wrote the lyrics to Oh Holy Night on while well, he was on a train to Paris. Um, interestingly, he interestingly he had one hand. He was called the one-handed. Something. I mean, his hand was shot off by his childhood friend. On this do, is, do we know the story? Is that an accident? This on is purpose, not. not yeah, we don't know what okay. transpired. But anyway, I have questions. So it was discovered that Capot was an atheist with strong views against the clergy, and the song was banned for a while. And huh. the ban... Okay, now, I don't even know if this is true, but if it is true, it's kind of a cool story. <laughs> the ban was lifted during the Franco-Prussian War when a French soldier jumped into the trenches as they were being attacked by the Germans and started to sing the song. The Germans were so moved that they, in turn, sang a song... By Martin Luther, and a truce was declared in that battle. I don't know. So says the internet. But anyway, um, 
but I, it's it, All right. I don't know. It's World War One. Franco-Prussian War. Franco-Prussian War. Huh. I've got a similar story coming up. I don't know. Uh-uh. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, the range is crazy. Um, the melody is just soaring and beautiful. And um, it lands on many people's list as, as their favorite mm-hmm. Christmas carol. It, it's definitely not one that you're going to hear when you go door to door. No. But you know where you can hear it every year. Every year, First Baptist Church in <laughs> Street in Melbourne, because right. um, yeah. So anyway, Oh Holy Night, yeah, there it is. Ban my pick. All right, <laughs> so I have actually another night song, Silent Night. Yep. <clears throat> Went with the choral version. Winchester Cathedral Choir, um, Silent Night, composed in 1818. Uh, the lyrics were written by an Austrian priest named Joseph Moore, and he took it to a composer named Franz Gruber, and he's the one that put put it to music. Um, it is one of the most worldwide known uh, Christmas carols known all over the world. Um, and but even so, it's written in eighteen eighteen. Now you get obviously this was for music to travel fast. It had to be pretty good. Well, mm-hmm. by eighteen nineteen, a couple of different traveling performing groups were already performing it all around Europe. So that explains why it was catching on so fast and in so many different languages. Um, it's kind of special to me because when I was in a select ensemble in college, we did this every year and we did the last verse in German mm-hmm. well we did the for the last verse <laughs> did we the did the first, first verse, verse in German, German. Yeah. Yeah. so um, but my favorite story about Silent Night is the Christmas truce of 1914 which is kind of similar to what happened here and this is this is pretty well documented but you, you were right in the middle of, of World War One trench warfare it, it's some of the nastiest, bloodiest, just horrible fighting conditions in the history of warfare. Um, And so, you know, you had obviously primarily the Germans on one side and you had mostly English or, or Brits and Americans on the other side. And they had to take breaks at night because you couldn't see. 
you know, they couldn't put spotlights on you back then. You just didn't run electricity out all over the trenches. So it was very dark, and they had some shooters on, you know, inside the trenches, and there was no man's land in between, which was, it was called no man's land because if you ran in between there, you would certainly get shot, right? Well, the distance was, you know, far enough that you could shoot each other, but the Americans and the Brits on one side heard the Germans singing Silent Night all the way on the other side of no man's land. And so they started joining in from the American side. And so they decided to meet in the middle and they had agreed on a Christmas truce. And so the, the following day, because of Silent Night, they played soccer, drank whiskey, and sang Christmas carols on, on, during Christmas. And what was interesting is the Pope at the time had actually requested that they not fight on Christmas don't take a Christmas break, don't, or, or don't fight on Christmas, right? The Pope said that, and both sides refused. <laughs> said, no, we're going to continue to fight on Christmas. What stopped it was Silent Night. Silent mm-hmm. Night was the, the thing that got them to come together, because I think what I like about that story is the power of, the power of music. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's one thing to say, hey, you guys are both Christians, you, you know, both sides are, are Christian sides. Quit fighting each other. And like, ah, you know. But when you hear them singing the very same sacred music that you sing, but maybe in a different language, you're like, we're shooting each other, man. Mm-hmm. You know? But then also, like, on December 26th. On December 26th, they were right back <laughs> at it. It's on again. Like, they were right back at it. That's so, that would psychologically be yeah. really Well, hard. that makes this story sound a little more believable. And- yeah. But you know, I love I, I love the song. I mean, it's so many churches will do their candlelight service to mm-hmm. Silent Night. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a powerful, powerful song, and the lyrics are the lyrics are great. They're beautiful, and, and it, the music's beautiful. Yeah, it lends itself to being really, really simple, or you can get really rich with the harmonies that you decide. Whatever structure you choose, it can. It can be really powerful both ways, which is a testament to how well it's written. And, you know, when, when you talk about the lyrical part of it, um, you get the holy infant so tender and mild, and you, you bring in the shepherds, and you bring in um, glory stream from heaven afar. You get um, the redeeming grace part of it in, in the last verse. So I mean, there's a lot of a uh, lot of good biblical mm-hmm. stuff thrown in, even if there's not a lot of uh, direct scriptural references. I mean, there's a lot of the settings and stuff that are pulled in, but it's like you said, it's a song that you can teach children to sing. Mm-hmm. It's a it's an easy enough carol for kids to sing, mm-hmm. but then you know, like our college choirs, or in this case, you know what we heard, which was the Winchester. Cathedral choir, you can make it make it pretty tough too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yep. So that was my number one overall pick. Well, mm-hmm. it's not the number one overall pick. It was my first pick. It was Your the third pick. overall pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I think I have to pick again, don't mm-hmm. I? Because I was. Like, I think I have. Let's see. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. Hmm. Oh. Bethlehem 
see the light above thy deep and dreamless sleep the silent stars go by that kick calls are so good yet in thy dark street shineth the everlasting light the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight there's a lot of cool stuff in this song you know i mentioned before i really like songs that kind of set the setting and i feel like this song does that really really well um but then just musically there's some cool stuff going on there you know yet in the dark streets you don't you don't expect that if you know the song you expect it but if you don't know the song Mm -hmm. you know that's kind of a different take on it but then it goes right back the everlasting light you think ooh, ooh. (laughs) and then you get nat king cole singing you're like you know and it's really really good so i mean it's just kind of coming in and out of these kind of weird transitions um which is just enough of a surprise to make it interesting, but not so interesting that you can't sing it. Mm-hmm. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. Like it's 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 surprising the first time you hear it, but it is rememberable enough to be able to make it something that you could. Did I not say that right? You're looking at rememberable, rememberable, memorable, memorable. Maybe I don't need the ring. Rememberable, memorable enough, memorable enough to uh, to sing it in church with a whole bunch of people. That's yeah. it. No, no, no fun stories no. for this one. Okay. I like it. Uh, oh, is, is that no, it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So my number two pick is one that is maybe not as well-known. It is absolutely beautiful, and it's called The Coventry Carol. Um, so let's hear a little bit of that. So this is 16th century. So we're talking the 1500s, right? So um, it originated from Coventry, England, and it was traditionally porn- performed during the performed. <laughs> I don't even. I don't know <laughs> words. Performed during the the Coventry mystery <laughs> plays. Yeah, sacred well, song. Hold on to your butts because it's about to get <laughs> uncomfortable you, did, up in here for did, a second. Did you just pull out a? Samuel L. Jackson line from Jurassic Park. Hold on to your butts. (laughs) So I'm trying to make it because it's about to get dark. Um, So the mystery plays were medieval plays telling the New Testament stories, including that of the nativity. Now, I've sung this song, but I 
misinterpreted it, I guess, and I think a lot of people do. And a, and a lot of times when you hear the song, you only hear the first verse, which is typical a lot of times of of Christmas carols. This particular song depicts the nativity from chapter 2 of Matthew, which um, specifically the event called the Massacre of the in- Innocents, which is when King Herod uh, sent out a decree that all male children under the age of two be killed, hoping with, the, you know, with the goal being that Jesus be one of those children and to stop him from coming to power and because he obviously didn't understand, like, well, like any of them understood how all of that was going to play out. So the first verse, Luli Lule, is, you know, it's, it's a lullaby. That little tiny child, bye-bye, Luli Lule. That little tiny child, bye-bye, Luli Lule. Okay, so you think Jesus was born, Mary singing to him, what you find out. And, and I didn't even, I just didn't make the connection, but... What this is, is a hymn of all of the other mothers singing to their children that are being hunted, knowing that Herod has sent out this command to hunt down these children and murder them. So the second verse Oh, sisters too, how may we do for to preserve this day, this poor youngling for whom we sing. Bye-bye, Luli Lule. Herod the king in his raging, charge it he has this day, his men of might in his own sight, all young children to slay. That woe is me, poor child for thee, and ever mourn and may for thy parting, neither say nor sing. Bye-bye, Luli Lule. So I thought that it was more like, you know, of course Mary and Joseph went into hiding, and I thought it was more of her singing, you know, to this protection over her baby. This was not necessarily Mary. This was all of these other mothers. Mm. And it's heartbreaking. You're saying you're saying farewell, saying your goodbyes to your children who are being hunted down to be Slaughtered, and I was like, "Well, okay, well, we've ruined Christmas, so <laughs> great." <laughs> so, um, it's hauntingly beautiful, and if you just listen to the first verse, you can you can think, "Well, this is just someone singing a lullaby to this newborn baby," but it's it's much deeper and much much darker than that. So, do your research. Listen to all the yeah. Listen to all the ver- and I. It was one of those where I was so focused on the melody and the harmonies all those many times that I sang it and directed it. Even I just didn't really take as deep a dive as I should have, and so it is probably the darkest Christmas carol that has ever been written. So. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, you hear it a lot in, you know, Christmas. It, it's not one of the most 
commonly sung because it's not very simple. It it is it it's so dependent on that harmony structure that it's not something you you hear when you go out just caroling from house to house, you know. But um, musicians and and choral singers especially really like it because it is fun to sing because it's so beautiful and stuff. And so what we've learned today, kids, is you know. <laughs> Look at all five verses or whatever, and really, right? That's dark. It, it is, is dark. dark. It is dark. <laughs> <laughs> I can bring us back up. Uh, yeah, we're ready for that. Yeah. Um, my second pick is "Hark the Herald Angels Sing." And we can listen to some. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. This is based on, by the way, that's, it's another uh, cut off of the Love Has Come to Save album. (laughs) You know, I like that because they have some more uh, contemporary sounding, like their O Come O Come Emmanuel, and then they have something like this that's just folks getting together and singing as you would if you were caroling or something like Mm -hmm. that, just in its pure form, just a carol, Mm -hmm. sharing that with people who believe the same way. Um, So it's a great album. You should listen to it. Love Has Come to Save on the Spotify's and things. So this is based on Luke 2.14, where the angels are seeing glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. And basically he's just saying, listen to the angels sing about who this baby is, right? They know very well because he's the son of God. This is not news to them because they have been in heaven with him since they were created. Um, and so also that's that. Um, scriptural integrity that also one of the verses says, you know, hail the son of righteousness, light and light to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. That's from Malachi 4, 2. Um, and again, like pointing to salvation, Jesus as savior, God and sinners reconciled. Um, one of the second verse, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Um, so I, again, I just really like the hymns that that point to Jesus' mission here, God the Son on earth to provide that bridge where we can have communion with God. So that's pretty much, I, I, I don't have a lot of like, it was written by so-and-so. I, right. <laughs> I just like it because I like the lyrics. I feel like they're meaningful. I feel like they're rich. Um, oh, and I guess I go, I can just go again. Um, so my third pick is... The first Noel. The first Noel. Carry on the angel did say was to certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay in fields. 
word for Christmas, the first Noel, the first Christmas. So it talks about the first Christmas. And so the shepherds and the wise men, it kind of lays that whole scene and is really good at kind of being what you were talking about, depicting, um, like really giving you that image mm-hmm. because it takes you through every everybody in, in the story, right? Um, and so I like the... This is the last verse, I believe. Then let us all with one accord sing praises to our heavenly Lord that hath made heaven and earth of naught, and with his blood mankind has bought. Um, Which is rich in also, you know, referencing Jesus going to the cross, but also there's some Trinity discussion there about Jesus being present at creation. He hath made heaven and earth out of nothing. Um and that is this baby because he was there too. Um, so I like it. It's you can you can get something out of it the more you learn of scripture. And it I like when those aha moments happen where mm-hmm. like oh this is more than just its base. And the person writing this had a deep understanding of who Christ was in the flesh, but also from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So the first Noel. Uh, oh, there's my verse. Um, Heather. All right. That kind of goes into my third pick, which if you're if you're not a choral person, then you may not have been as exposed to this. Um, a lot of um, directors and choral singers uh, love this song because... Um, of the the arrangement by Gustav Holtz, um, it's in the bleak midwinter. Um, if you have ever sung at the college level, you will have probably almost certainly done it. Did y'all sing this in choir band? Or yeah, I think we did. Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, um, you probably did it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the first verse is um, it describes how cold and quiet and like the earth is frozen solid, and then it the next verses um, describe how. Um, Angels and archangels gathered around him, but he was just this tiny baby whose mother worshipped him with a kiss. And the next verse go on to say how heaven and earth would flee away when he comes to reign eventually, but for now, a stable was enough. And then the last verse is kind of, it kind of goes back to what you were saying about the first Noel because the verse says, you know, after talking about how heaven and earth would flee away when he comes to reign and angels being surrounding him of all of all 
types, the cherubim and seraphim and the, you know, big and small angels. What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what can I give him? Give him my heart. So it it brings it back to, you know, all of these grand things, and it comes back to what can I do? Mm-hmm. What can I give? And it's really about just giving him your heart. And um, that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. <laughs> so um, I, I love the, the setting. It's a poem by Christina Rossetti um, set to music, like I say, by Gustav Holtz. And um, it's just, it, it encapsulates the gospel, you know, of, of how, how massive he is, but brought into the flesh, how he's God sent to earth as a baby. And then us recognizing that and what can I give? And you realize that, you know, nothing you say, nothing you have, nothing short of just giving your heart Mm -hmm. to him is, um, is all you can do. And so, that's my third pick. All right. Ben. Okay. So my third and final pick is O Come All Ye Faithful. More Nat King Cole. O come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. He has such good vowels. He does. <laughs> of the matter is is we don't know who wrote this <laughs> it has been attributed to various people including John Francis Wade who probably okay it's also known as Adeste Fidelis which is Latin so it was originally written in Latin and so John Francis Wade is Probably not it, even though he gets credit a lot to it. It could possibly, it's also accredited sometimes, and that would have been like 1744, something like that. It could also be John Reading who wrote it, which he died in 1692, so it would have been before that. It could also be, because it's also attributed to King John IV of Portugal, and he died in 1956, so that would date it back even further. And he died of what, 56? 1656, okay. I'm sorry, 1656. And then, but it's more commonly believed that um, it was, and I hope I'm saying this right, Cistercian monks, which were monks of 
the German, Portuguese, and Spanish provinces of that time period, some combination of those having written it. So the, the fact of the matter is we don't know who wrote the, the text. The good news is we don't know who wrote the tune either. <laughs> is that the good news? That's the good news. <laughs> All right. Um, John Francis Wade, uh, again, accredited to that. John Reading uh, accredited that also. Um, Handel has even been accredited hmm. with possibly writing the tune. And it even, sound like Handel. even a German composer named Gluck. Does that ring a bell to the music majors? Mm-hmm. Okay. Not me. Portuguese composer Marcos Portugal. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, or, a little too and, on the nose. And, and King John IV of Portugal have also been credited with the tune. Thomas Arne, someone else I've never heard of, um, is another possible composer. But it said that there are... Several similar musical themes written around that time. It's going to be really hard to determine who actually wrote the piece. But the first public or the first published version was by John Francis Wade. So he probably took other people's work and published it as his (laughs) own. So we have a plagiarism issue um, in, in all likelihood. Um, but as far as the lyrics, I do like the lyrics because it is basically saying that, and, and I'm just going to, I don't mean this negatively, but we the common people mm-hmm. should go adore the child. Like, and it's, it's, it's all inclusive. Let us all go. Let mm-hmm. us all go. It's not like he's our savior. He's my savior. He's not the people group that I run around with. He's mm-hmm. not my nationality. It's. Let let us all go worship this child. And some of the things that, you know, it talks about the the virgin's womb in different verses. It um, mentions um, that he was um, not created. You know, he was not part of the creation. He was there at creation, Mm -hmm. Um, which is kind of, you know, which was in one of your songs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to find that exact line. It's in there. <laughs> it may be in one of these in one of these other versions. That's the other problem that they've had, is that because it is in Latin, mm-hmm. there are multiple English translations. Uh, okay, very God. Okay, very God. Begotten, not created. Okay, so well, that's verse 2, actually. Um, so it was in there. Um, but so there, there is a lot of good biblical um, nuggets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Linked in there, but I I like the I like the oh come let us you know the the whole let's together let's go worship the child and let's we're not discriminating against anybody. This is the Lord for all people. Mm-hmm. I like that message that is kind of embedded into the song, and also that nobody can really take credit for it. <laughs> so, three hundred years from now, maybe they'll say I wrote it. I bet they do. 
Yeah. I bet Jesus comes back for 300 years. We may not have three years left. Well, that's another podcast. Yeah, for <laughs> Prophecy sure. update. Prophecy <laughs> update. <laughs> so anyway, that's, uh, that's my last pick. Oh, come on, you faithful. Okay. All right. We have all the draft picks. You want to hear them? What did we not pick? Oh, oh you want to yeah, do that first? Do... Okay. Uh, ones that were not picked that I had on my list were um, God Rest You, Merry Gentlemen, mm-hmm. What Child Is This, mm-hmm. We Three Kings, and kind of a deep cut, <laughs> Low How a Rose Air Blooming. Mm-hmm. That's another one of those. As We did that at Magical Feast. We closed mm-hmm. Magical Feast with that at ASU every year, and I always thought it was just so beautiful. It is. I really like that one. It is. That's a that's a choir yeah, choir, a choir geek song yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um I also had what child is this I um also had once in Royal David City oh, me too me the too. MHS class yep. yes yeah shout out to Charles Parham for and Retha Kilmer for mm-hmm. she carrying that on but I mean we used to process yep. with our candles yeah we had real candles we had uh battery the battery candles yeah. by the time yeah. I came around. Um, fire codes probably changed uh-huh. between 1990-something and 2000-something. Um, but it really is a beautiful piece and, and you know, paints that picture right. as well. Um, and it came up on a midnight clear. Uh-huh. It's, it's another one that the melody kind of goes where, you know, places you might not expect. You know, the, the chord and harmony structure is interesting. Yeah. So. That's what I had. So I had um, Once in Royal David City also was one of the ones we did not select. I had Go Tell It on the Mountain, Mm -hmm. which is very American Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. because of the the spiritual background Mm -hmm. behind it. Um, And Joy to the World, I do. That was one that was, that everyone knows. Like it is, it's almost like maybe some people think it's overplayed. You know, like yeah, like the over like the overplayed way, song. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, it's one of those. It's another one that, but it's real easy for kids. Yeah, yeah. To pick up on, and, and it's upbeat. It's very happy yeah. to him. It's mm-hmm. very celebratory. Yeah, it's one of those that you're definitely gonna hear. At one of those one Sunday morning. At yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. And you know, like a way in a manger didn't make it. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I'm not really that sad about it. but that was also like one that was like i mean that's almost like maybe silent night maybe like the first hymn you know but away in the manger is like one of those that as kids that that you teach as kids yeah you know and it's it's almost certainly going to be if you ever take piano going to be your first christmas song oh yeah (laughs) but you know kids learning hymns i mean uh carols is becoming a lost mm-hmm. skill that they, I mean, like, back when we were in, back in our day, I mean, you would go say, okay, we're going to go sing carols at the nursing home, you know? So you'd just pass out a word sheet. Yeah. Like, you didn't even have to pass out music. Right. And you just passed out the words, and everybody already knew the tune. You know, you just kind of needed those words for, you know, if you were going to sing all five verses of whatever. But a lot of know? kids growing up in church today, if you if you you couldn't do that, you couldn't give them just a word sheet with holy, holy, holy on it. Right, right, or, right, right. Or, 
Yeah. You know, you think about all the all the hymns that you know, power in the blood and all this other stuff mm-hmm. that we used to you know sing growing up that we just we knew all four verses. Mm-hmm. Or the first, second, and fourth. You know, yeah. Yeah, we, we may not know the third. <laughs> or first, third, and last. You know, yeah. But, you know, the, these kids today, they don't know, they don't know the standards. I feel, I feel like everybody knows Amazing Grace still. I feel like, you know, kids that grow up in church, they still know Amazing Grace. But some of those other classics they don't know. And I feel, you know, I think that's one of the reasons that, that they don't know the hymns because they don't. The, or, or the carols, because they don't sing the carols like they used to mm-hmm. right? either. It's, I mean, and that is, that's a that's another discussion for another time probably, but um, it is a lost. And society's lost getting more yeah. and more secular too. And so like a lot of well, people yeah. that would, a lot of places that would have normally played Christmas carols are now staying away from the Christmas yeah, carols and just true. playing well, yeah, even at secular Christmas songs. Like at school, we we sang them at school. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and now, you know, just things are just different. Music is different. Um, school is different. You know, you know, just as things shift, you lose things sometimes if, if mm-hmm. you don't if purpose to keep them... But um, what but what's happened is like some of these songs they date back to the 1800s, mm-hmm. some of them further back than that. Mm-hmm. A lot of the, you know, and if we were to translate that from to the hymns, the hymns date back to the 1800s, 1700s, mm-hmm. 1600s. So there's like this 300 year period where generations and generations of kids knew these songs, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden they don't. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's an, it was an abrupt change. Yes. It didn't it didn't yes. it didn't gradually happen. In terms of history, it happened like within a twenty year period. Yeah. Yeah. Three hundred years, then twenty years, it's gone. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty abrupt when you look at like three hundred and fifty years of church history for abrupt change to happen over a twenty or thirty year period, pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what to uh, there are several factors I guess you could Tribute that to yeah. I'm not passing but, judgment. I'm yeah. just saying it. Maybe just how fast it's a blink. Information in spreads, and you know, just everything changes a lot more quickly now. I think some of it probably is technology yeah. with with the instruments. You know, I mean, it's just for 300 years we weren't plugging in instruments. You played the piano, you, or sang a cappella, you know, or you sang a cappella, or you played the harpsichord or you played the pipe organ or the whatever. But, you know, I mean, in the 1700s, you weren't plugging in a fender. You couldn't do it because it didn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So, I mean, you know, there was that. There's that issue. So the the music technology has changed. You can learn songs a lot faster today, too, because you can put them up on the big screen. Wasn't really an option in the, you know, 19th century church. Yeah. Because they didn't have projectors. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different, I mean, it's just technology, I think, is one of the big reasons that it's all changed. But I am, I am. you know, you bring that up. I mean, it's it's kind of disheartening to one of these hymns that everybody our age knows, and then I've got a 10-year-old daughter, and she's like, don't know this song. Mm-hmm. 
feel like I failed you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. so we have nine so songs. Picks. Do we want to hear the nine? <laughs> yeah, yeah let's them. do okay. that. Ben drafted Silent Night, A Little Town of Bethlehem, O Come All Ye Faithful. Heather drafted O Holy Night, Coventry Carol, and In the Bleak Midwinter. And I drafted O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, Hark the Herald Angel Sing, and The First Noel. All right, so we have nine songs, and we've got to go from nine songs to five songs. Joy to the world. <laughs> little Christmas vacation. Lighten things up a little bit. You didn't see that coming. Ben had no idea. <laughs> and he is dumbstruck. <laughs> so I don't know what the best method. For, maybe there are some that we can just move over. Maybe, because it's also going to be like, this is going to be hard. Who's going to be the first one to say, I, this song about Jesus is less good than this other song about Jesus? Um, so I'm, I'm looking at them, looking at them. Listen, I'll go ahead and cut Coventry Carol if you want. Okay. Yeah, because I don't, I don't even want it anymore myself. Oh, no. <laughs> I still think it's beautiful, but it's mm-hmm. super dark. So, well, and it's not really. It's not. A, yeah, yeah. Okay, so now we're working eight to five. Mm-hmm. Eight it's songs. A better schedule. To five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, the problem is, like, I like all of them. Honestly, like, there, there's yeah. not there's not a one of them that I don't like. Yeah. So it's going to be. It's not going to be like trying to get rid of songs. That I don't think are worthy of the list, but right? Because it's just going to be trying to get <laughs> the top five. Yeah, you know. So I would, I would honestly be fine with just moving all of our top threes over, and then we can sort out. I mean, I would be absolutely fine with. Moving Silent Night, Oh Holy Night, and No Come, O Come, Emmanuel over. That that was my top three. So, <laughs> oh, it's fine with me. I mean, it was absolutely my top three too. Those oh, were okay. I, I had Silent Night one, Oh Holy Night two, and O Come, O Come, Emmanuel three. <laughs> okay, what was I, I had Silent Night at nine, and I, I really, really just included it because I thought I should. Like it's not that I dislike the song. It's just of Carol's. It's not my favorite. But if you both had it really high, then that makes sense. So let's do that. Okay. So that means we've got two songs left. This is going to be tough. Yeah, this is going to be tough. Hmm. So what's left? Let me look at let oh. me look at my big list here because that may that may help me remember what I what I really thought was good earlier. <laughs> what we have left is a little town of Bethlehem, O come all ye faithful, in the bleak midwinter, hark the herald angels sing in the first Noel. Hark the Herald Angels Sing was the only other one that I had on my list other than my two. If I had my druthers. I would uh, I would do Hark the Herald and A Little Town of Bethlehem. Those are actually my two favorites left. Based of 
Oh, we've only got which two I had spots forgotten a little time about. Yeah, we have two spots. But we could just both. We could all say, "Here are my top," or the the two mm. that I would say left, and see what happens from there. Okay. Heather, what what did you have of the songs that are remaining? Mm-hmm. Did you have any on your list? I didn't have uh, a little town of Bethlehem. I didn't have Oh, no. come all you faithful? Mm-mm. Hark the Herald Angel sing? Mm-mm. The first Noel. Yes. You did have the first Noel. I did I had it seventh. Beth picked it, and she's even grimacing at that, like, nah. I'm telling you. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Beth, so you obviously had Hark the Herald Angel singing the first Noel. Mm-hmm. Did you have In the Bleak Midwinter? No. Oh, Come All You Faithful? No. Oh, Little Town of Bethlehem? No. Okay. So that didn't do us much good, did it? No. Um, I mean... In the interest of making... An overall list. I will admit that even though I love it and I think the message is solid and I think that the harmonies are beautiful, I don't think that in the bleak midwinter, even though it is really high on my list, I I, I understand that I tend to approach things from a choral perspective and what I like and what I prefer mm-hmm. and what I'm sick of and what you know <laughs> but see and but I would also say that it's probably the prettiest one remaining on the list musically musically I'm just I'm saying that I yeah. I will I will admit that it is not maybe not the most well known of well, yeah, of the, one, of, of, the the ones ones re- of the ones remaining, it is the least popular mm-hmm. of the ones remaining. I, I think that's... But what I would also say is that the category is not the most popular Christmas carols. It's the that's ones true. that we think are the best. And, I mean, I, I think it's in consideration to be one of the best two remaining. I mean, it is, you know, from a composition standpoint and a lyrical standpoint, it's on par or better than any any of the other ones that we've got, I would say. So, I mean, if but if you just want to cut it, to cut it. No, I don't want to cut it, to cut it. I'm just, you know, if, if it's going to, if we're just trying to, I'm just saying that I understand that, I don't know if we're going for more universally known ones or, I mean, I don't know. Of course, I, you know, I love it. But. Beth, what are your thoughts on the matter? You've been. On that song? On that particular song. I like the. Hmm. I like it. Um, and I like the the musical aspect of it, and I like the lyrics. Um, I wouldn't, I don't think I would go so far as to say that it's, because it's got that 
I mean, it has multiple verses. They're really short. Lyrically, it has less, probably less lyrics than a lot of the other ones. Um, and not quite as accessible, I would say, as some of the others. And that, there's probably a reason that it's not sung super often in churches. You know, I mean, it is more of a, more of a, I mean, we said it's more of a music nerd song, right? And I don't know. It's a little bit more highbrow. It is a little bit, say. yeah. And I like it's it. It's not as easy to sing. It's not. There are some interesting right. jumps, right? You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially if you're not singing the melody, right? Oh uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't. I mean, it is really pretty. So that brings. I mean, what? So the complexity mm-hmm. of it, you know, but, but, it, but it, and it and it makes. I mean, that makes an interesting point because a carol is intended to be sung. Yeah. Right by uh, yeah, by, by a group. It's not the most accessible. No, and one so to like everybody. I mean, to be a really good carol in the definitional sense. I don't know if I just made up a word definitional, but <laughs> in that sense, I mean, should it be accessible in order for it to be a really good carol, so that Group A jump off the bus can get the music and sight read it. Is but that, also, I is mean, is that part of what makes a good? Oh, Holy Carol Night is Carol? also not the most accessible one, but it is. But it is played it is, so much yeah. that people know it. And I mean, yeah, but I feel like Oh Holy Night is much better lyrically than. And I also this feel one. like the best versions of Oh Holy Night are actually sung by individuals and not groups. Like Cartman. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I, I mean, I don't know. There are some pretty pretty stellar arrangement, choral arrangements of Oh Holy Night. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. So, okay. I guess what we're saying is in the bleak men winter is likely out. I would say of the five left, I wouldn't put it over. I mean, I... I as much as I love it, I understand the reasoning okay. for not putting it in. Okay. It, you know. Was that I, I decision? Was, yeah, I, I, I was, know. I was getting ready to give you some support there. No, but, yeah, I mean. But cut it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get my next two in. I feel very comfortable with that. So I would like to go ahead and move Hark the Herald Angels Sing over because I know one of Bess is getting in for sure. See, I like the first Noel better. I like Hark the Herald Angels Sing, but I also really, really love Nat King Cole, and Nat King Cole has a phenomenal Hark the Herald Angels Sing yeah, as is. well. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously I like Hark the Herald Angels Sing better than first Noel, but that's my, but it, that was my order. Yeah, put them in. So that's two. So, vo- that's two votes. That's two. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So now I would, I would, uh, I'd, I like "O Little Town of Bethlehem" and "Oh Come All You Faithful" more than the first Noel. But that will be a, and those those are the three left, right? 
O little town of Bethlehem, O come all ye faithful in the first Noel are fighting for that last spot. Mm-hmm. So, Heather, you don't have a dog in that fight. Which, which one would you prefer to send over? Red Rover, Red Rover. <laughs> send this carol over. See, my, my, musically, Oh Little Town of Bethlehem is much more interesting. And it's interest, it's more interesting as a singer. It's more interesting as a listener. But Oh Come All You Faithful is so kind of majestic and, and, and accessible. You know, so a, a lot of people singing "Oh Come All Ye Faithful" is an impressive thing to be a part but. of. You know, so um, I okay. Even though I would prefer to sing. A little town of Bethlehem, I think that as a carol and something that you can do corporately, I think Oh Come All You Faithful is more of a, a kind of a corporate worship type thing, you know, let us all oh, you know, like you were saying, let us all adore him and you're singing that in a church body and you're usually caroling with other people. And so I would Probably put Oh Come All You Faithful over. Hmm. That's just putting yours there's aside. No, what's your, not favorite, a bad song what's your favorite of the two of mine that are left? A Little Town of Bethlehem. That's my favorite one, too. So, Heather, if you had to choose between the first Noel and Oh Little Town of Bethlehem, which would you choose? Um, Probably a little town of Bethlehem. I actually agree with that. Okay, I would I would choose that too. So, yeah. I, I would I think so. We all agree that. Well, no, you you may like first Noel. No, that means no, you, I don't. that means of the I three would, that are left, you would put Noel first Noel last. No, Third. I would I would probably do if the three I would do a little town of Bethlehem. The first Noel will come on you faithful. Okay, but I. But I strongly prefer a little town of Bethlehem to actually either of the other two. Songs. Okay, so two of us have a little town of Bethlehem, and a little town of Bethlehem would be your second. Or did you say first Noel would come before that? No, I said a little town of Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I I think that would I think we did it. Put, yeah. put that one into the top five. So what now now we got to rank them on Earth. Now is this going might be on. where <laughs> this could be difficult. Okay, yeah, this could be where the where the rubber meets the road right here. Mm-hmm. Where the baby meets the manger. This is it, right here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so we have our top five. Silent Night, O Holy Night, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and O Little Town of Bethlehem. This. So, full disclosure, my number one, two, and three on my list, Silent Night was my number one, O Holy Night my number two, and O Come, O Come, Emmanuel my number three. Mm. My 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 number one was Oh Holy Night. My number two was Silent Night, and my number three was Oh Come Oh Come Emmanuel. Hmm. So Beth, what were your top three? 
My top three were Okomokomi, Emmanuel, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and Oh Holy Night. And then I had Silent Night at the tail end. Your first one was Okomokomi, Emmanuel? Mm-hmm. So all of us had the top three. Oh, my gosh. We all got our top one, our number one overall, and we all... And we agreed to put them over. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Where was Oh Holy Night for you? Three. Three. I okay. don't actually feel that way, I think, looking at the rest of them, but I kind of, I don't know. I guess I just ranked it. But you had Silent, you, like you said, that Silent Night almost didn't make your list at all. Yeah. So it's going to be really hard to get that one to number one. But it would probably be number three, Silent Night. Probably. It looks like one and two is between O Holy Night and O Come O Come Emmanuel. It would, I would say that's true. And so if, if that were the case, then I would have O Holy Night number two, I mean number one, and O Come O Come Emmanuel number two, because that's the way it is on my big list. Yeah, mine too. If you agree. Well, I mean, I think Silent Night should be number one, but I'm going to lose that because you've got you you would not I would not not entertain the idea of Silent Night being number one. No. So are you saying Silent Night is third? <laughs> I mean I well, had, I had it number, number one. And I had it two. All right. All That's right. kind of a like joy to the world kind of thing for me. It's just like Oh my gosh, we're doing this song again. And also, it's kind of like the sound of silence when some people do it and they do it really big. And I'm like, it's silent, not be silent. <laughs> anyway, so the last two <laughs> Hark the Herald Angels Sing, O Little Town of Bethlehem. I personally would flip those. I would put O Little Town of Bethlehem. Well, o Little Town of Bethlehem was my number four overall. So it was, it would, it would, but <laughs> what would you? Beth, you picked Hark the Herald. Where was Hark the Herald Angel Sing on your list? Two. Ooh. Yeah. I really like it. It wasn't on my list at all. I want to say that. What the heck is your list? It was list? number eight on my list. Did you have a little town of Bethlehem on your list? Mm-mm. You didn't? Mm-mm. Did you have it on yours? No. No. I kind of forgot about it. Y'all just fell in love with it all over again after we played it. I had forgotten about it. I don't know how I missed it. I don't know. So, yeah, but yes, answer is yes. I would put Old Little Town of Bethlehem <laughs> 4 <laughs> and then Hark the Herald Angels 5. Well, that's what you would do too? Mm-hmm. All right, I'm outvoted. All right, we did it. <laughs> it's a list. <laughs> it's a list. <laughs> I mean, they're really. Anyway, There's, there was really it's, it's almost no way to mess this up. Like, yeah, it, I mean, they're it, we, all good. We could have flipped them, and I it would have been it would have been a good list. With my number two, you really did try to mess it up. Yeah, we, we could have. <laughs> I took it out. We could have taken pick six through ten and had and still have a great have list, really yeah. good hymns on there. Yep. Our final ranking: best Christmas carols. Maybe we should do it again, but you can't pick the ones that got drafted. Mm, volume two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, final ranking. So, Best Christmas Carols, Volume One. <laughs> oh, Holy Night, 
Okomokom Emmanuel, Silent Night, A Little Town of Bethlehem, and Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Quality. It's pretty good. Yep. Quality. Make that playlist. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> Again, please find us on the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, X. I said it right this time. X. <laughs> and if you have a, if you listen to us on a podcast platform that allows you to leave a rating and review, we would love for you to leave us a positive rating and review. Share this with your friends. Um, let them know that there's a very awesome music podcast for them to listen to. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll try to be awesome with the next episode. So. <laughs> Not today, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> next time. But thanks and uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Thanks for joining us on the Music List Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. She almost had it. <laughs>